Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. This is Engine Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Man, oh man, what a weekend it was. Um, Where do you even start or to even begin for that matter? First of all, my Michigan Wolverines. I've been on just a killer tour right now, man. Uh, Seven straight wins since the opening week, weekend of college football, since they lost to Notre Dame, which was, I felt like, a very humbling experience that Michigan needed. Um, I don't know. I just felt like when you when you get punched in the mouth like that, especially uh, uh, a caliber of a team like that, of like Michigan or Bama or or Clemson or whoever it may be, it's just like, look, man, anyone, anybody out here can get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyone can lose at any given moment, at any given time. Uh, it doesn't matter what team or week it is. So I just felt like... In college football, it benefits teams to lose early on. You know what I mean? Because if you lose late in the season, like week 9 or 10, it just, ah, the, the BCS is still iffy. You know what I mean? Like there's a four-team playoff, and I get it, and they're they're working on it, and it's gotten better. But still, like, man, I feel like if you lose late in the season, like that's it. You could be ranked, you know, number 3 or 4 going into week 9, 10, and then you lose one game. You know, and you finish out the rest of the season like 12-1, and 13-1, and one, and then that's it. You're out. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's iffy. So, but I felt like Michigan losing first week in of college football. Granted, it was against Notre Dame, our rivals, but it's something that we needed. So that's a plus. Uh, one of the things that I've um, starting to uh, realize about the Wolverines is <sighs> The rushing offense, amazing. Karen Higgin, amazing, if I pronounce that right. Um, we're uh, top 20 in offensive rushing. We're at 15, actually. So that's amazing. Uh, it's old school, like Michigan Wolverine football, like I've talked about in my last podcast. Straight up nitty-gritty, like just pounding the ball up the middle here and there. Um, I kind of hate it, and I love it at the same time. It's just – it's. One of the things I realized, it's predictable, and the problem is, is that when it come, when you offense becomes predictable like that, and you rely so much on the run rush offense, you have to be willing to be able to take risk and throw in the ball. I feel like I don't know if we have that much confidence in Shea Patterson, considering the fact that Shea Patterson has been doing a good job. He, you know, uh, the turnover ratio is at, uh, you know is extremely low, so he's just getting the job done as a quarterback. Um, he's cl- completed 67% of his passes, 12 passing touchdowns, 3 picks. So, Lord knows the kid's getting the job done. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to manage the offense. He's doing a good job there. It's just, I feel like, you know, sling the ball here and there. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, uh, we won 21-7 against Michigan State, who put up a hard-fault battle. And uh, Michigan State, I mean, they play, got to give credit what credit is due. They played a hell of a game. You know what I mean? It's uh Games like that, you you know, you expect it's going to be a brawl. You know what I mean? It's going to be a slobber knocker nonetheless. But uh, Michigan was able to pull it off. It was it was, it was was tight all game long. Uh, there was an hour delay with the rain and whatnot, which killed me because I was drinking by that time. So, um, you know, I was all hyped about the game, and then we had that delay, so that kind of killed my momentum. So it's just like, oh, I could take a nap now. 
But maybe that's just a 25-year-old me. I don't know about the rest of y'all. Once you hit your mid-20s and you start drinking and then you have like a delay like that, I don't know, it just kills your buzz and it kills your momentum. It definitely not like my early 20s anymore where I stay hyped the entire time. But uh, maybe that's just me. Um, but nonetheless, uh, Michigan State put up a solid battle. Uh, their dilemma is uh, it'd be tough for y'all Spartan fans. You don't have a quarterback. That's the problem. Uh, that's the delay. Like, man, when your quarterback goes throws for 5 for 25 in the entire game, it, man, I don't know what's going on, but it's just, ugh. It's, it's iffy. Um, excuse me. Hold on. Uh, Mark D'Antoni's got a, I don't know, like, you're going to tell me, like, your starting quarterback who went 5 for 25 is the best you got. Like, your, your backup can't do anything better. I felt like after the first half, you got you to go with something different. But uh, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, their, pa- their passing, uh, the, the crazy thing is their passing game is better than Michigan's. That's the funny thing. Uh, Michigan is uh, barely in the, in the top 70. They're they're ranked 69th in the nation when it comes to passing yards. They're I mean, man, it's just that's not where Michigan should be at. We should be at least in the at least top 40. I mean, man, it's just our like I said, we're ranked 15th in the nation when it comes to rushing, but other than that, we need to do better on passing. Uh Like I said, I I have some confidence in Dale McCaffrey. I think we're going to see some sparks with him come next season. But it looks like, uh, like I said, Shea Patterson's doing the job. Don't get me wrong. I'm giving credit where credit is due. I'm still, it's like, can you lead that drive, though? You know what I mean? Like, when it comes to a game, like, like um, Michigan has a bye this week. So they got to rest up, prepare for the big game against Penn State. And I believe uh, Penn State comes to, to the big house this year. So it's going to be another revenge tour for Michigan. That's going to be on their mindset because Michigan went to Happy Valley last season and just absolutely got obliterated. It was just, it wasn't even close. So can Shea Patterson lead a uh, final drive on that? Because what happens when you uh, collide with a team that has a rushing defense who can finally, you know, stop that rushing offense who's ranked uh, top 20 in the nation, especially Michigan at 15? So that's something you got to put in perspective as well. You know, can Shea Patterson step up? So that's uh, that's some concern for me as a fan, and just uh, you know, just by looking at it. But um, but uh, but nonetheless, I mean, Michigan State did. I mean, they are ranked. Uh, Top five in the nation when it comes to rush defense, they're at three. And, you know, they they hold teams to usually about 80 yards a game. And Karen Hidgen ran for uh, over 120 yards. You know what I mean? So it was just, and he averaged about four or five yards a carry this year. Um, but um, Michigan, they're 18th in the nation in, in uh, rushing defense. But, man, overall, like, uh, Michigan's defense, it's just, whew. It's, uh, thank God for Michigan's defense. Let's, let's put it that way. Let's put it in perspective like that. Uh, 
Uh, excuse me. But, uh, Michigan uh, just put on put on a hell of a performance, especially Karen Higgins, Shea Patterson. Um, kind of there was about one or two plays where it's just like, what are you doing? Like it was it was frustrating because when you're watching the game, it's just like, uh, not one, not two, you know, one, two, three straight plays of just running the ball up the gut, and there's nothing going on. It's like, man, you gotta mix it up. I don't know, so that can be frustrating at times, but. Uh, I'm still going to stay a heavy critic on my Wolverines. Uh, we're 7-1. and one. Uh, About four games left. Got Penn State. Got Penn State left. That's next weekend. And then after that, um, there's Rutgers, Indiana, and then go travel to uh, Ohio State. So, I don't know. Uh, four games left to go in the season. Felt like this. Uh, felt like the fall's flying by. That's just me, though. I mean, I, I was in class yesterday, and my teacher's like, "Yeah, midterms are next week." It's just like, whoa. I mean, we're almost in November already. So, and I, I have like less than maybe seven weeks left in my welding classes. I'm done and certified, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm done December nineteenth, and I'm taking a break from school, but not to get too distracted. Um, Excuse me, I'm just doing a little research here. Um, but yeah, um, where am I at here? I'm sorry, I'm just doing a little research here. So when it comes to the pass defense, Michigan's ranked second in the nation. The only other team is Miami ahead of them. And then uh, even even Central Michigan has a they're they're in the top ten for pass defense as well. They're seventh, but. Like I said, my main concern uh, after eight games is um, Michigan rush offense, amazing defense, as always, showing up. Great job by the defensive coordinator. Uh, It's just the passing offense, man. 69th in the nation, it's like, how long can you grind out this running game? You know what I mean? How many times can you give Cameron Hitchin 30 carries a game? You know what I mean? What happens if he gets hurt? You got to have d- different options. You can't become one-dimensional. Like, oh, we're just going to pound the ball out. I get it. That's, you know, that's what Michigan kind of was in the past, but this is a different kind of style of play, and it's okay to use once in a while, but you got to have, you got to be able to expand your resources in different uh, style of play. And and so, like I said, maybe maybe a Harbaugh, maybe yes, uh, Nace up his sleeve. I hope I hope he does. Uh, maybe uh, they're not showing us something that we don't know, and they want everyone else to see what they want to see, like uh, Bama did with Tua last year. So I don't know. So, but like I said, I'm just still I'm gonna stay a heavy critic on my Wolverines. But nonetheless, go blue. They're kicking ass, taking some names, but. Passing offense, that's the main that's the main fault right now. That's <coughs> excuse me. That's the main worrisome I have for them. But uh, with that being said, I'm gonna take a quick little break. You are listening to Inter Reserve Podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to Injured Reserve with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. 
So let's jump into what is going on with the Oakland Raiders. Um, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I've been harping on this since the beginning of the season, sort of. And I just don't get, like... When you sign a 10-year, $100 million contract, and yet who someone who hasn't coached in 10 years... And yet, you think you're that worth that much, and you think you can still bring that old school mentality 10 years ago, which times are different now. 10 years may not seem that much, but it really is. And you think you can just bring back a team with a snap of your finger like Thanos? It ain't gonna work, because one, just because you know you have a history in Oakland, don't mean everyone else is gonna be familiar with you. So with John Gruden, I don't get, like, if he's the so-called, quote-unquote, quarterback's coach, why are they ranked 19th in the NFL? You know what I mean? Derek Carr has seven touchdowns, eight interceptions. That relationship has crumbled. Derek Carr hasn't been the same since he broke his leg. And he, At one time, he was up for the MVP conversation two years ago when they made the playoffs. And you... Get rid of your best linebacker, Khalil Mack, who's responsible for the team's 30% of their sacks last year. And then you go on the quote and say, we need to figure out a way to get to the quarterback probably a week or two later after you make that transaction. And now, y'all trade your best wide receiver, Amari Cooper, in which, I mean... Y'all get a first-round pick, and Oakland has about one, or they have about two or three first-round picks now. So with those first-round picks, I don't know who he's eyeing up, or he has some kind of scheme that he's stirring the pot with. But God knows, he better hope it works next season. Because if I was an Oakland fan, especially right now, I'd be pissed off just a little bit. I mean, you're one in five. You're showing no improvement. You're definitely not worth a hundred million dollars. You're saying that. Your best defensive player, one defensive player of the year, a couple years back, or uh, last year, you're going to say that he's not worth that contract, yet you are. Just because your resume speaks for in the past doesn't mean it's going to speak for it now. Like I said, it's all going to be on you, and that tremendous amount of pressure, players, even in the locker room, are just not liking what he's doing. So that guaranteed 100 mil, he's fine, he's sitting back. Whether it's successful or not. So with that being said, I'm surprised Marshawn Lynch hasn't said anything because he's a very outspoken individual. Well, for, somewhat. <laughs> but anyhow, Derek Carr, he's going to be done after this season. Whether he'll still be in Oakland or he'll get released or traded. John Gruen will figure out how to mess that up. He, that relationship has crumbled as it is. Mari Cooper... You know, it great transaction by Dallas. They got the they got the W on that. Cause one, yeah, it was a first round pick. Was it was it worth a first round pick? Not exactly. More of a second, maybe third. But you can't ask for a better first round pick. The kid is still young. He's twenty four years of age. I mean, he he's he, he's not even at the top of his game yet, technically speaking. Most guys hit their peak and stay in their peak for around 27 to 30, 31. So with that, they got plenty of years with him. Dak has an actual reliable receiver for once. 
We'll see how that works out come this upcoming Sunday. And uh, Dallas offense just got a little bit better. You know, now they got they got three tangos. They, you know, they got Zeke, they got Dak, and they got Amari. So hopefully that works out maybe. Who knows? But, I mean, for we're talking business-wise, it was actually a smart move by Dallas considering the fact that your divisional rivals like Washington and Philly were eyeing them up. And now Philly, they're as well struggling now. Uh, the Giants, they're a lost cause. Eli has to go. Odell, who knows what's going on? He got his money. He's getting his stats. I don't know. Who knows if he even bothers to care? Shaquan Barkley's playing like an animal. He's playing. He'll probably. He's probably up for uh, rookie of the year, no doubt. But, oh, New York. The Giants are a lost cause. They're 1 and 5 in the season, as well as Oakland is. <coughs> but, uh, I don't know. <sighs> but. Who knows? It's just, uh, it's, ugh. if I was a Raiders fan, I'd be, I'd be pissed. It's just, oh, I just, I just know that when I saw the deal of John Gruden signing a ten-year, hundred mil contract, it was just like one that's way overpaid. I mean, how can you pay for a coach? You know, what I mean, like, pay him ten years, or who hasn't coached in ten years? You know, what I mean. And I can't lie, I was kind of the same way with uh, when Michigan signed Jim Harbaugh. Because, I mean, you sign a coach like that, it's going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on that program now. And then you get the Jordan brand involved. It's just all eyes are on us. So it's just like, you know, this is like, all right, this is his fourth year now. Fourth year, right? Third, third, fourth year. Either way, it's like, all right. Harbaugh, it's on you. It's like, <laughs> you better back your shit up, put it that way. And for the most part, he has. It's just those those key rival games that's gonna that's hurting his resume right now. So, <clears throat> but uh, Oakland, I'd be pretty salty about what's going on there. But it is what it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. But with that being said, speaking of the Giants, they did just make a recent transaction with the Detroit Lions, in which they got defensive tackle Damon Harrison from the Lions for a fifth-round pick. Now, looking at this, the Lions are on a—they're kind of on a hot streak a little bit right now. You know, they're three and three. Uh, they defeated Miami last week. They got Seattle, so it's gonna be a little bit of a tough one. Seattle's. They're they're kind of like in the Detroit um, position right now, where it's just going to be a battle season long, just to even make a wild card. I still don't have faith in Detroit. I still I still think they'll finish the season six and ten. But uh, I can't lie, they are doing a lot better than I would would have thought of uh, going into this uh, week seven. But uh, they definitely got the W when it comes to this trade. I mean, a fifth-round pick for uh, Harrison, solid, solid sign. But uh, and then uh, <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all heard about Chad Kelly with the Denver Broncos quarterback. 
about trespassing, and it was like a federal, like, uh, he did a, a trespassing, he got arrested for a criminal trespassing nonetheless, so I don't know what the hell he's thinking about that, and supposedly he's had a bad history of being in just iffy, just boneheaded moves before he's gotten suspended from high school to high schools and then something about when he did in Clemson as well um he did post $2,500 bond and was released uh later on yesterday but who knows what's going on with that mindset and that dude so but oh man but uh man but the Lions, like I said, uh, um, they're doing a lot better than I thought they would. My my Steelers are actually in first place now in the AFC North, which is it's crazy because everyone lost. Baltimore, uh, um, Pittsburgh's bye. Everyone lost. Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. They all they all lost. So that put Pittsburgh back in the running for first place. They got Cleveland this week, which I'm kind of nervous. I mean, it is home, so it's a rematch of the first round or the first week when they tied. And Baker Mayfield is doing solid so far. Uh, so, excuse me, we'll see how this goes. James Conner playing uh, like an animal. He's nuts. Over 450 yards rushing, seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, definitely filling the shoes with Le'Veon Bell big time. And even reception-wise, too. I, I had a feeling, I knew he was going to fill the shoes running-wise. Like not, He's not as versatile. But I didn't think he'd be able to fill the shoes of receiving, and he's definitely doing that, playing that part as well. He's filled that role tremendously. I don't know what Le'Veon Bell's doing. He said he's supposedly coming back. Who knows? Uh, he's living his best life on Instagram right now, going to parties and whatnot, so who knows how that's going to go. Jacksonville, um, I don't know what's going on there. So Philly and Jacksonville, they, they match up. I don't know what's going on with Blake Bortles. One week, he's playing a better game than against Tom Brady, and now all of a sudden, they don't have a quarterback. So Jacksonville, what y'all need to do is swallow your pride and sign, sign Colin Kaepernick. That's just me. You know, Colin Kaepernick is a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks I can think of right now. He's better than Baker Mayfield. He's better than Blake Bortles. He's better than uh, Shane Peterson. He's better than Mitchell Trubisky. He's better than Andy Dalton. Um, definitely Eli Manning at this point, maybe Joe Flacco, but, uh, definitely better than CJ Berthhead from San Fran as well. So Jacksonville, if you want to make it back to the AFC conference championship and try to get a Super Bowl, now's your chance. Now's your chance to sign Callan Kaepernick. Forget the politics. Forget why everyone's thinking about the whole kneeling in the national anthem, this and that. Sign Colin Kaepernick. That is your go-to. You got a running game. You got TJ Yeldon. You know, I mean, you got him. I mean, Grant Lanfournette's hurt with a hamstring. He's been hurt most all year long, basically. But still, you got you guys. Uh, you, y'all got a solid defense. It's not the defenses last year. I don't know why. I think ever since Jalen Ramsey uh, op- opened his mouth, his defense uh, got targeted, and people have been tearing up that defense lately. Um, Philly uh, Super Bowl hangover. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with them. They, um, doesn't help that J.H.I. is hurt now. Um, so, I don't know, Philly's got to figure something out. So, but, uh, 
<coughs> Excuse me. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City. Um, still, I I think it's, you know what I mean? Uh, I wish I would have written this stuff down. But as far as I see it right now, the way things are looking through week seven, I see a Kansas City-New England uh, rematch for the AFC Championship. Don't, um, I, I can't remember who I said earlier in this season, but right now it's looking like Kansas City-New England rematch. And I think... I think Kansas City, if they can, if they can get that home field advantage. I definitely believe they'll get that. They'll get that W second time around. They ain't losing twice against New England at home. There's no way. But uh, who knows? Um, I'm gonna stick with Kansas City, New England for right now. And then NFC, I'm still sticking with New Orleans. Uh, they're five and one on this season. Um, had New Orleans and uh, Los Angeles Rams. Like I said, uh, the Rams still young, uh, but they show a lot of promise. I just think New Orleans, they'll get this Super Bowl. That's still my Super Bowl pick. Um, right now, New Orleans and Kansas City for the Super Bowl. And uh, I know some of y'all are thinking, well, it's like, well, <laughs> Steelers fan, but I'm being honest. I'm being brutally honest right now. My Steelers don't look like a Super Bowl contender. They look like a wild card team at best. So that's the way things are looking right now in Pittsburgh. They got to get their things together and stop with that locker room drama. Tony Brown needs to stop being such a diva like Odell Beckham is and just like focus on one game at a time. And that's it. If you got any drama, set up in the locker room, keep things on the hush hush on the DL. You know what I mean? Don't, don't leak it to the media because that just involves unnecessary attention. So, but, uh, Definitely uh, AFC, New England, Kansas City. Kansas City takes it. And then they'll go on to face New Orleans. New Orleans over the Los Angeles Rams. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, that's the way I, how I see things right now through week seven of the NFL. Uh, but with that being said, um, you are listening to Injured Reserve. I'm going to take a quick little break. Welcome back. This is Engine Reserve. Well, the NBA began uh, last week. And uh, again, <laughs> media is already on the excuse me. <clears throat> media is already on the frenzy. Lakers, LeBron, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. Um, they're 0-3. Um, the recent game where LeBron, uh, the whole media buzz and frenzy about how he missed the uh, final two free throws. Um, and then they go on OT and then he misses the final buzzer. So it happens. You know, I'm not going to get on LeBron's case. Things happen. Great athletes come up short all the time. Same thing. It same thing happened with Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. All the whole time, greats fall short. Sometimes, you know what I mean. It happens. So, you know, it's just the question. The question on whether or not LeBron is clutch—that's uh, dead and buried. He is clutch. You know what I mean. He's he he's he's shot more. 
how can I say? I can't remember the stat line. I had it the other day, but he's he's had he's he has like something about like more shots than Kobe and Jordan had. Uh, better shooting percentage with less than like ten seconds left or something. But overall, like who has more game winners? It's uh, Kobe Bryant has more game winners or fallaways. He has. When time, that's when the, they got down to like when LeBron made certain points and when time is expiring, he has that. The most game winners, though, is Kobe Bryant. He has over like 30. It's a crazy stat. Then Michael Jordan uh, has like 25. Then under that is Dirk Nowinski. Then uh, below that is like LeBron. So there, they, there was a whole list and spiel of players who had the most uh, game winning uh, or. Uh, go-ahead buckets. So, LeBron is clutch. He just doesn't have his... It took him a little bit to get going. Uh, He didn't... He wasn't able to do that right away. I think he had to learn once he got to Miami. Well, once he got to Miami, he had to learn from Dwayne Wade, you know, someone that actually won a championship before he finally got that first one. So... Uh, Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors, they're working out great right now. They're 4-0 in the Eastern Conference. Same thing, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're 3-0. Detroit Pistons, they're 3-0. Things are going great. Blake Griffin put up over 50 points. Uh, the last Pistons player that did that was like Jerry Stackhouse, and that was like the early 2000s. Um, but everyone needs to chill out when it comes to the whole LeBron and Lakers. They're 0-3. All right, folks, chill out. They're going to make the playoffs. And they're going to lose in the second round, possibly first round. Uh, they need to pick up someone big like Anthony Davis, maybe Quad Leonard, or uh, there's even rumors of Kevin Durant. So this is the whole era of the super teams. Now, what everyone needs to stop talking, and it's a dreaded out, and it's just, it's not but dribble and old and dried out combo, is that stop making the comparison of LeBron James to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? It's just, it's tired, it's old, I'm over it, no one, everyone knows the truth, everyone knows the era right now is the team of the super teams, that's it, and there's nothing wrong with that, there's nothing wrong, Boston did it before LeBron, and then LeBron went to Miami, and then, and then Kevin Durant did his, you know what I mean, and then Oklahoma City had that year or two. But uh, by that time, Carmelo Anthony wasn't known as Melo of the Knicks or Denver. He was just Carmelo, and he wasn't the same. Melo thinks he's still Melo, but he's not. He's just he's not that guy anymore. So he needs to get that through his head and to know his role and his place in Houston now. He's just he's not that guy anymore because Houston's one and two. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, another thing, uh, but... Like I said, I see I see the Lakers going 47, 35, maybe 45, 37. They'll get a sixth, seventh seed, and they'll be out first, second round. At best, second round. Western Conference is a different play. It's a different style. And uh, LeBron knows that. Everyone else knows that. And no one, you know, no one needs to get on his case. You know, he made this this decision to go to LA. He likes LA. So uh, we won't see him in the finals this year. Uh, if anything, the finals will probably, most likely, we're going to see, uh, you know, it's going to be Golden State <laughs> again, and then uh, possibly Toronto, Toronto or, or uh, Boston. 
So this could come down, I believe, Toronto, Boston, and the Eastern Conference. I know it's still early. We're only four games in uh, for most teams in the NBA, but we're only four games into the season. But right now for early prediction, I'd say Toronto, Boston, Eastern Conference, and then Golden State, I would have to say, uh, I got to say Golden State, and then whew, probably... Right now, honestly, I want to say the Portland Trail Blazers. Damian Lillard, he's just a man amongst boys. When he's, I love Damian Lillard because he's never sold out. He could have gone anywhere if he really wanted to, but he wants to stick by his team. He's a true, you know, ride or die when it comes to Portland. He wants to stick it out. He's like, you know what? This is my team. This I'm gonna do it. And which that's cool. It's the same thing with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. The problem is they would have got this praise in the early 2000s, late 90s. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not that thing anymore. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's the era of super teams. It's everybody. And the same thing's going to happen in uh, L.A. You know, they're going to they're gonna pick up Anthony Davis or Quad Leonard or maybe both. Who knows? Because uh, everyone knows L.A., one, it's nice. It's the area. It's California. It, you don't get snow. It's always sunny and nice out, whatnot. So, I mean, I'm not going to harp on the players. I mean, who won't want to go to L.A.? You know what I mean? So, I think uh, that's what they're going to try and aim for. So, it would be a super team in L.A., and that all the teams you look at right now for the future uh, next year, I believe super teams for Western Conference, it's going to be, it's still going to be Golden State. They're still going to have their counterparts, even if KD leaves. They'll still have Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Uh, rumors say Clay Thompson wants to go to LA. I don't think he will. I think he likes his role. Uh, I mean, you're winning rings. You know what I mean? I mean, they got what? He has three rings now in Golden State, and he's still in the heart of his prime. What's? Why would you want to leave Golden State? You know what I mean? You're three. You're three and one in the. You're three and one in the finals, or was it two and one, three and one? I can't. It was, let's see. Let me think. I'm doing a quick recap here. Two and one. What? They they got three three championships. They're three and one. They're running things in in the Western Conference. So, Golden State. They'll have Draymond, Steph. Clay. Um, then the Lakers will have I see LeBron, Kawhi, and then Anthony Davis. And then Houston, they'll still have James Harden, Chris Paul, Carmelo. Even though, like I said, Carmelo's not mellow anymore, but technically that's somehow a super team for most people. And then. Um, Minnesota, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, if Butler still stays. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, that's about four or five teams that are just three monster players, all-star players in the Western Conference. And then you just got the Eastern Conference. Um, it's just the Eastern Conference is the Wild West. Anyone, anyone can, uh, I believe Philly. I mean, they got Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. I don't think they'll take it this year, but the year after that, they'll have a shot. It would come, like I said, Toronto, Boston this year, and then most likely Boston, Philly. But uh, 
Western Conference just has loaded super teams for some reason. <laughs> but uh, they do have solid locations. I mean, Eastern Conference is mostly Midwest areas for the most part. Or the North, you want to say, uh, for most teams. Besides New Orleans and Orlando, maybe. I don't know if it gets cold down there. A lot, of te- a lot of players just, you know, just not a fan of cold weather. And who isn't? I lived down in Texas for three years. I know the feeling. Granted, El Paso. I lived down in El Paso for three years. When I was in the service, I was stationed down there for three years. For six months out of the year, I loved it. Because during the winter time, perfect. Perfect weather. Can't complain. No snow. I come up and visit for Christmas up here in Michigan. And it's just like, man, I can't wait to go back. I visit for two weeks. It's just like, it's too cold. I need to go. <laughs> it's time to go. And I'm trying to do that same thing. I love Michigan. Don't get me wrong. I do love it. But if I had the opportunity to move, absolutely positively, I would. Especially in the South. Just uh, just not the humidity. It doesn't get humid in uh, Texas. It's just dry. But when I went to basic training in Georgia, the humidity is just, it's nuts. It's stupid. Don't go to Georgia in the summertime. It's just, oh, God. But uh, the South overall, it's cool. I miss Southern food. Everything about the South, it's just, it's so convenient. You don't have to worry about winter. If you do, you get like an inch of snow. And some particular reason, when you get an inch of snow down there, people lose their minds when it comes to driving and they can't drive. Or or school's canceled and it's just like, man, y'all haven't seen snow. It's like, don't move up north, that's for sure. But uh, right now... Uh, just to recap everything, uh, Toronto, Boston, Eastern Conference, uh, this year, I'm still, still not too sure. I want to say I'm pretty confident that Boston, though, they'll take it this year. Um, they'll take the Eastern Conference or I'll retract my statement of what I said, uh, earlier. Um, I think Toronto, I want to say Toronto, but I don't know, Boston just has too many, they got too many uh, role players, key players. Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. Once, you know, that's a that's a scary team right there. So Boston represents Eastern Conference, Golden State Western Conference, and I think Boston actually takes it. Uh, I think Golden State, they're going to get fatigued. You know, they've been to Lord knows how many finals these past couple years. But uh, And then uh, the question will remain, will KD stay in Golden State? Will he go somewhere else? Will he go to the Lakers? So I don't think he's going to L.A., but maybe he will. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. Like I said, it's a, it's a super team era. Anything can happen right now. But no one's legacy is going to be better than, than Michael Jordan's or Kobe Bryant's or Mac- Magic Johnson's or Larry Bird. Um especially LeBron that's including LeBron when you're three and six in the finals ain't gonna cut it you can put up you can throw up all the stats all you want anyone you know Russell Westbrook had back-to-back seasons of a triple double you know no one's saying he's the GOAT why isn't he the GOAT if he has all the stats so LeBron's had help his entire career and hey three and six in the finals that's that's a big black marker on that career on that resume so, um, Golden State, uh, the Western Conference against Boston this year for the NBA Finals. That's my prediction so far. But that's the, the too early prediction, I should say. So, But with that being said, 
This is Engine Reserve Podcast. I appreciate y'all tuning in and whatnot. I'm trying to stay as consistent as I can and whatnot. Uh, school's crazy. December 19th can't come here soon enough. I'd be done. I'm not looking forward to winter. Uh, other than that, once I'm done with school, I'm just going to be working a lot more. And I'll uh, try and stay and keep pace with y'all. Other than that, I don't do a whole lot. It's just work, school, video games, and this. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I hope y'all have a great week. This is Engine Reserve Podcast.